Hello, and welcome to a special podcast covering Irish ancestry in Cuba, just in time for St. Patrick's Day. Today we'll be talking about Irish immigration to Cuba from 1859 to 1862, based on research by Giselle Gonzalez-Garcia. Here are some highlights from her research. You can find the link to the entire article in the show notes. This research appears in the book, Ireland and Cuba, Entangled Histories, and is published in both English and Spanish in the same volume. And again, you can find the download link in the show notes. As an extra bonus from this research, we can see historic timeline events affecting all cemeteries in Cuba and throughout the Spanish colonies. The survey was conducted using the Libros de Entierros de Españoles at the General Cemetery in Havana. The General Cemetery existed from 1806 to 1908 and is more famously known as the Espada Cemetery. So this article goes on to list 74 death records for Havana and an additional record set for Matanzas. And a similar study was conducted for Irish immigrants who also went to Peru. And I never knew that there was an Irish presence in Peru either. The article covers the span of the Espada Cemetery within its historical context, and I really, I really enjoy that about this article. By that I mean they explain the need for the cemetery uh, reforms during specific times, what laws were mandated from Spain, and how this affected the way of life for our ancestors in Cuba. You'll see a cemetery timeline at the end of this podcast, and we'll also put that in a graphic form as well. So, not surprisingly, all aspects of life in Havana were governed by the Catholic Church, not only in Havana, but throughout Cuba. The Espada Cemetery opened in 1806 and was the first of its kind in all of Latin America. The essay goes on to mention the deterioration of the, the Espada books as well as the parish books. It would be interesting to do a re- reconciliation project between the Espada books and the connected parishes. And you know from Digital Cuba's preservation project that all these books are in danger of, of completely disappearing. The church records, the cemetery records, uh, everything. So, now back to the Irish. The majority of the Irish in Havana were men. All of the Irish recorded in Matanzas were men. So, for genealogy purposes, this article doesn't cover any marriages for those Irish immigrants, and many of these Irish died young, in their 20s and 30s. And as a side note, the longest living Irish were the females of this particular migrant group. We don't know about any possible offspring from these immigrants, according to this article. And so if you have some trace of Irish DNA in your Cuban family tree, this might be a good place to start. But without a full tree, it might be difficult to make any of those connections. There there are detailed name lists with ages noted, and you can find this link in the show notes. That's what makes this so exciting. All of these Uh, 74 records for Havana and the additional ones for Matanzas are all listed by name with death dates in the book, and you can find that in the show notes. Uh, In conclusion, uh, the need for foreign labor, politics, the Catholic Church, economic and social status, all of these affected life for our Cuban ancestors throughout the 1800s. These influences and policies carried over from the Espada Espada Cemetery into the creation of the Cologne Cemetery. So it's all connected. All of this, of course, was happening during the independence movements and eventual Spanish-American War for Cuban independence in 1898. Unfortunately, none of the Irish in this study were buried in the first-class section of these cemeteries. 
So it's easy to determine that these individuals were most likely part of the agricultural and railroad working class. A few Irish were buried in sections 3 through 5, indicating that some did achieve some social mobility. The article even goes on to list hospitals where these Irish workers were hospitalized, mainly San Felipe and Santiago for the men, and for the women, the Paula Hospital. In 1859, the hospital was demolished, and the hospital moved inside a prison, La Punta Prison. I can only, I can only assume that these conditions there might not have been the best. And that's it for our mini-podcast on Irish Cuba. I would encourage you all to read the entire essay. It is, it is a fascinating story, even if you don't have Irish ancestry. I don't have Irish ancestry in Cuba, but it's super interesting. Cuba's a unique place, and the article does list all the Irish who passed away from 1858 to 1862 in both Havana and Matanzas. And please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Look for Digital Cuba Inc. as your charity choice on smile.amazon.com as well. Thank you for listening, and on to the Brief Cemetery timeline for those who are interested. I'm your host, Brian Toscobello, and thank you for listening to the Cuban Genealogy Podcast. Cemetery Timeline this is a work in progress. I'll just go, it, it, this will look better in a graphic version, but I'll go ahead and read it to those podcast listeners. So, in Spain, we had Carlos III. He was quite the reformer, and he ruled from 1759 to 1788. So, in 1787, by royal decree, he said that no more burying people in churches. It was not sanitary. They wanted to start building cemeteries throughout the colonies, and specifically for us. Uh, tracing our Cuban ancestors for Cuba. So that's 1787. In 1790, Holguin has their first cemetery uh, starts construction. The Espada Cemetery in 1806. Um, prior to 1806, P, uh, our ancestors were buried inside the Catholic churches. 1806, uh, cemetery also opens up in Trinidad. 1814, Holguin, uh, the cemetery, the city uh, cemetery is officially open. In 1834, the railway begins in Cuba. So this is even before Spain under Maria Cristina. So this is important because uh, labor is going to be drawn to the construction of those cemetery. Uh, sorry, of the railway. Uh, so Espada Cemetery opened in 1806, but they did not record their interments until about 1836. So there was about a 20-year gap there. 1837, Cienfuegos Cemetery, Cementerio Reina, opens. Eight, that's 1837. In 1845, we have the Irish potato famine that begins. But that does not mean that Ireland was a paradise before 1845 and that people did, people did in fact, leave Ireland before 1845. So, in 1846, Madrid issues even more laws affecting cemeteries in all of the colonies, and specifically with three different classes. 1847, the Espada Cemetery subdivides into five categories, so they took those three categories and split them up even further. This carries over into the Cologne Cemetery. They also had very similar subdivisions within the cemetery. 1868, yeah, Santiago de Cuba, we find Santa Ifigenia replaces the Santa Ana Cemetery at that point. 
Santa Ana was a smaller cemetery, and they needed to expand that. 1872, we're in Matanzas. Uh, San Carlos Cemetery uh, opens there. 1872. Then in 1876, we have the Cologne Cemetery in Vedado, a cemetery that's near and dear to my heart. I have four relatives buried there that I know of. 1878, Espada, the Espada Cemetery completely closes, and they have recorded that there are 314,244 corpses buried there. But that I told you about that 20-year period. We don't know exactly who's buried there, so I don't know exactly how they come up with that number. 1900, the Espada Cemetery, the final rema remains from that cemetery are transported to the Cologne Cemetery, and eight years later, the Espada Cemetery is demolished. That's just a general timeline. It's going to be a work in progress. I'll post it on digitalcuba.org and give you updates in future podcasts. Thank you again for listening. I'm your host, Brian Toscobello.